This is episode 278 of the e-commerce coffee break podcast. Today we want to talk about how to turn your print on demand store into a brand. With me on the show I have Matt Simmons. He is the head of business development at inkthreadable.co.uk. So let's dive right into it. But before we get started, a big thank you to our sponsors for supporting today's episode. Loyalty Lion is a leading loyalty platform helping Shopify brands rocket returning customers with their own loyalty programs. With Loyalty Lion, it's quick and easy to create a program that uses points and rewards to engage shoppers, secure more second purchases and drive up lifetime value. Loyalty Lion has been increasing returning customer rates for thousands of Shopify stores for over 10 years. Visit loyaltylion.com to find out more. Find the link in the show notes. Have you heard about Partner Hero? They're experts in support on the e-commerce industry, known for their outstanding team-building skills. Their main pillars, quality, people and culture, makes them a great fit for your company. Learn more on PartnerHero.com or click the link in the show notes. This is the e-commerce coffee break. A top-rated Shopify growth podcast dedicated to Shopify merchants and business owners looking to grow their online stores. Learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host, Klaus Lauter, and get marketing advice you can't find on Google. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce Coffee Break podcast. Today we want to talk about print-on-demand and how you can build a proper brand out of print-on-demand. Now, print-on-demand is something that I started my e-commerce journey about 10 years ago with, and I think it's still a great business concept specifically if you just get started and there's so many different angles to do it right and to grow a brand out of it and that's something we want to dive into today with me i have matt simmons he's the head of business development at inkthreadables.co.uk but has been in sales and marketing for over 10 years working with e-commerce brands from startups to household names on dtc projects he has expanded companies into international markets and is an expert in growth strategies and post-purchase experience so the right person to talk to hi matt how are you today I'm not too bad. Thanks, Klaus. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Matt, print on demand, as I said, it's a great business concept because it makes it so much easier to become an entrepreneur, to start a business, to get your ideas out in the world. Now, from a technical side, it's easy, but to build a brand out of it, that can become a little bit more tricky. And you have done that and you are helping your clients with that. But tell me what brands or what businesses struggle the most with when they get started. Like you said, you've, you've done print on demand. I think a lot of people and a lot of listeners, especially if you've been on Shopify, you'll have flirted with print on demand in some way. And as a concept, it's great to get started. You know, it's low cost. You're not carrying stock. You don't have the headaches of all the operational sides that you do with the more traditionally com businesses. But the main thing that I'm probably seeing from a lot of our customers and a lot of people who are moving away from other suppliers to come to us is they sort of don't set themselves out from the beginning in the right direction. And it's because when I look at POD stores, there's sort of this two kind of main styles. You have like transactional trending stores, like pop-up shops, and then you have people wanting to build a brand. And what, what I see a lot of times is, is people put their eggs in all this trending basket, like a super obvious one in the UK, you do anything about the government and it tends to go, you know, something critical about the government, for example, it tends to go off and people will share it and it goes viral. The thing is, if you're always chasing something viral and trending, it's really hard to sort of stop and actually build something of worth and something that will grow and last. And that the idea being build it into a brand. So from that point on, I'd sort of say from like a get-go, kind of if you want to build in like POD into an actual branded service as opposed to just you know an operational model, 
start with that end in mind, kind of have that idea on, okay, well, if this does go well, where am I going to go? Because a lot of people always plan for failure because we're just naturally pessimistic, especially in the UK. But then they never sort of plan on, oh, this goes really well. Where am I going to go? So they, they then get some traction and then they're sort of left spinning the wheels trying to think, oh, right, well, what can we do now? So start planning with that sort of North Star kind of direction in mind. Mm-hmm. As I said, having this in mind, obviously a brand, we need to sort of figure out what is a brand and what kind of elements and puzzle pieces do you need to look at um, to build a brand. And uh, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. So the technical side is clear, print and demand, very, very straightforward. You get your product out there, but what makes it a brand? Talk me into it. There's a lot of courses and a lot of talks out there around what the sort of psychological concept of a brand actually is like for me it's a few basic things and it's not just like a fancy logo and things like that it's sort of two or three main things so one having some sort of mission now what i mean by this is it doesn't have to be the grandiose we want to change the world kind of mission but having something that you're working towards and that then sort of ties into i think a page that's often overlooked on a lot of e-commerce sites is the about us page like especially with print on demand and especially with e-commerce, people think they have to be anonymous. Like, oh, I'm just some random person who's made some designs and I'm selling them. People don't want to know about me. No. And they get very bashful. Like, no, because anytime I ever look at a new site or anytime I look at a site, I always go to the about us page because I want to know, oh, who is this person? Or who is this brand? What are they about? Just helps form that relationship. Like I've worked on large-scale DTC projects, startups, had a spell in the sort of B2B consulting world as well. And the simple fact of no matter the method of sales, whether it's person to person, B2B, B2C, ultimately it's just that building of that relationship. So having that sort of mission, just something about you that you actually want to achieve through doing this, you know, it could be sharing a story, maybe not a mission, but a story. Why did you get into this? What inspired your designs? What excites you? Because then it gets that person buying into you or your brand. And then from there, just having a, a set of core values. These don't have to be shouted about but sort of core values that you as a business operate by. Because this was on a show I was listening to a few months ago, but they sort of said, if Hilton was to make trainers, we have no idea what they would look like. But if Nike was to make a hotel, we know exactly what it would look like. And that ties into consistency, which is probably the biggest thing that needs to be focused on. You know, consistency, not only in your messaging, but in your visuals, but also on platforms. Like if you are saying one thing on TikTok and then another thing entirely different on Facebook or Instagram, people tend to see sort of things. They don't just look at one channel. If they're looking into your brand and they're making a considered purchase, they will do their research. And if they're seeing things that are polar opposites apart, it then starts to build that little bit of doubt and ambiguity in people's minds. And then ultimately you risk losing sales. Um, so yeah, those sort of three things, having a mission, having a core set of values you operate by, uh, then ultimately just making sure you're consistently executing in line with those. Now, from putting that in place, from the technical side, there's more than just having someone shipping out a product in a anonymous brown bag. Tell me a little bit on how branding actually then looks in real life. This comes back to a lot of my experience in the 3PL world. So prior to joining the team at Incredible, I worked with a large-scale 3PL company, taking them into international markets. And there's a lot of content out there focused on the sort of first half of the customer journey, like getting them to buying and essentially getting their money. And then people treat the post-sale experience as an afterthought, but that can, in some regards, and with some projects we've worked on, end up netting bigger results over time than just firing in new customers. Because customer acquisition, no matter what market you're in, is expensive. Okay, It's four times easier to get a customer who's already bought from you to buy again. 
So this is what this is what we we help with brands. So as a sort of an initial service, we have a really strong offering in what we do. We're getting orders out consistently on time and to a high degree of quality with a very, very, very minuscule amount of errors. But that's all down to our sort of digitized and automated production processes. But then when customers start getting traction, they want to actually build that branded service. Really simple things are from a physical standpoint, your packaging is the obvious one, creating a bit of an unboxing experience. Because like you said, brown paper bags, they're great because they're eco-friendly and they're compostable and they're you know in line with what we, we want to do. But something a bit different, like we did, we worked on one project and what we ended up sending out was everything was in a, this was years ago, so not as eco-friendly, but they were in sort of black jiffy bags, the old bubble wrap bags. And they were sent out in like matte black bags. So these are quite expensive. But the amount of traction that sort of got online as far as a, oh, this is something different, something new, really helped build social proof because people were just naturally just posting user-generated content for free because it was something, ooh, black, ooh, exclusive, ooh, shiny. Then, aside from your physical side of things, the customer engagement process. This also ties in with like the rise of slow fashion and we're, you know, the changing in buying habits. And I'd be keen to sort of get your thoughts on this, whether you think buying habits are now changing from I need everything now to I'm happy to wait because obviously with the rise of sustainable fashion and slow fashion. But there's um, a great marketing guru, genius guy, I don't know, Rory Sutherland, if anyone's ever heard of him. I think he's a vice chairman at Ogilvy Agency. There's a brilliant quote around Uber. And it's the whole reason why Uber actually works. The Uber map is like, he said, he calls it a psychological moonshot in a way of it doesn't make getting a taxi any quicker. It just reduces the friction and the frustration of, well, where's my taxi? And it's the same thing with like the Domino's pizza tracker. Do any of us actually believe that it's being put in the oven? It's being made. It's being, do we actually believe that? Probably not. But it's like, oh, something's happening. So this idea of with the About Us page, building that relationship and then through one safe purchase, it doesn't have to be peppering them with emails, but just that consistent communication on, hey, quick update. This is what's happening. How are you? Here's some valuable content you might find useful in between them purchasing and then receiving that product. And now a quick break to thank the sponsors of today's episode. Tired of watching customer drift away after their first purchase? Then it's time to rocket your returning customer rates and drive six times more second purchases with Loyalty Line. As a leading loyalty platform in the Shopify space, Loyalty Line exists to make it as easy as possible for you to launch and manage your own loyalty program. They'll even build your loyalty page for you. With Loyalty Line, you unlock everything you need to engage shoppers with points and rewards and integrate loyalty data into your email, SMS and help desk platforms. You also get a 5-star support as shown by the customer reviews on the Shopify App Store and G2. Visit loyaltyline.com to find out more and start your loyalty journey. Find the link in the show notes. As a prominent player in the e-commerce support arena, Partner Hero specializes in delivering personalized customer experience solutions. With a clear focus on helping you not just meet but exceed your goals and requirements, they have become experts in e-commerce support. Their commitment to tailoring solutions to your unique needs ensures that your support experience is nothing short of exceptional. Partner Hero is more than a CX company. They are your partner in success. Visit their website and learn more on partnerhero.com. Mm -hmm. No, it makes perfect sense. Now you touched a couple of things that I can vouch for, specifically the About Us page. And I did a lot of conversion rate optimization over the years. Is one of the most visited pages on a lot of stores. People don't believe that, but no matter what the landing page is in the first place, 
most likely the, the second page they look at is who are you? So the about us page. And that not only helps you with conversion, but that as we're talking about brand building, also helps you with building your brand and keeping in the mind of a person. And then going all the way through to the packaging, through a letter or whatever, which included in your delivery makes such a huge difference. And I think you touched on the point of um, slow fashion. I think it helps really to get people come back to your store and maybe just not buy as much, but buy more conscious what they buy and from whom they buy. I want to touch a little bit on the part of the economical part of it, because the, the profit margins with print on demand can be relatively small. How can you optimize that? How can you get people back to buy more or what kind of products make the most sense to get started with? It depends, I would sort of say, on, on the direction and brand you're wanting to maybe go in. If you are just looking to build a transactional e-commerce store where you're just connecting up to, for example, us, we've got a range of budget-friendly products where you can make a fairly healthy margin. But what you tend to aim for with those sorts of stores is kind of saturation. So rather than having a, not only a limited, but a more thoughtful, laid-out design of limited prints or limited like product designs, you tend to go shotgun against the wall. Here's a thousand different designs. And you sort of tend to bank on the fact that you're going to hit, again, hit on something trending they tend to be a cheaper product. So people will sell those for a lower value because they tend to be a bit of an impulse. <laughs> That's a funny t-shirt. That's a funny mug. I'll buy it. So they're really great to get started. But what I would always say is that you then want to turn it into a more of a luxury, kind of more premium feel. So one is around how you position your, your product. So we work with a number of blank manufacturing brands. One of them being what we classify as our most premium line being Stanley Stella. So their products are 100% organic cotton, they're vegan verified, they're Peter approved. So that in line with how we operate as a business, we are 100% plastic free. Our printer uses water-based, non-toxic organic inks. And then th with things like embroidery, I think around 80% of our threads are recycled cotton. So we're really low on sort of wastage. We don't throw anything in landfill. This, you know, clothes that fail QC get recycled and, and sent on to a second life. So when you're looking for that more premium line is acting as if simple things there is elevating your store so uniqlo is a great example of this because like people use ecom flats very often and again they're digital mock-ups they're cheap they're free but if you want to then build it up to more of a luxurious experience and you hey we're a real business either going for like model shots or ordering your products getting them worn and actually taking shots of a model with them or going the next level up and looking at lifestyle shots so like, oh, if you're a coffee-focused kind of brand, then make sure there's a cup of coffee or some beans or something, or it's in a relevant environment. So you're building that more aspirational aspect. If it's a fitness brand, have them doing something fitness-related in some of the product photography. Again, show your product being used in that sort of scenario. It goes that extra level over what you need. And then from how to make more margin, so obviously... Like at the time of recording this, we've just had Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and looking at just Shopify stats alone, it's been insane. But again, a lot of people, their, their instant reaction is, oh, we're at the holiday shopping season. Here's a 30% discount code. And they're just losing margin for the sake of essentially increasing turnover. For me, I would always look to offer more for the same price than just discounting your initial products. So again, if you are building that brand, what could you offer as like a, either an upsell or a sweetener? So for example, if you are a fashion brand, 
sign up to our newsletter list and get our exclusive lookbook, for example. And that could be a bunch of model shots of them of people wearing your clothes with other items, where then you could maybe have affiliate links or something like that as a way of generating additional revenue. Or again, just offering bundled products. So mugs are like from print on demand, like this is one of like probably the original print on demand products, offering it a case of if they order this or spend the X amount, they get a freebie. All of a sudden it's that people love something for free. So all of a sudden it's a case of, well, if I have to spend a little bit extra to get that, I'm going to spend that extra. Because again, it's all around increasing that average order value, not just discounting for the sake of, well, everyone else is doing it. Makes perfect sense. I think a lot of merchants that will be a shift in their mindset because a lot of them come from a trendy product, from an idea, from a hobby, and now building a brand is a complete shift there. So you need to up the quality of your branding, of your messaging, and so on and so forth. But it's definitely worth it because the profit margins will be so much better. Now, you're at the at forefront of print on demand. Do you see specific trends right now in the market? Personally, we're seeing a lot of people coming over to us for a lot of our printing technology as well as our essentially our sustainability credentials. There's other printing processes out there that, that sort of use a lot of either chemicals like plastisol or they use vinyl in their printing. Because ours are water-based, again, not toxic organic, the technology that we use, DTG, we almost print and it dries into the cotton fibers of the t-shirt. So it's a very, very hard-wearing print, but it's incredibly vibrant just down to our expertise of our operators and the setups that we use. So we are noticing a big shift insofar as people wanting to offer something that is eco-friendly. It's not just small brands doing this. You know, Nike, Amazon, Apple all now have net zero marketing campaigns. Whether you believe them or not is a different story, but they're all pushing, hey, we are caring about the environment. Apple have been doing it for, for years and you know they're doing a lot of work on their supply chain, for example, to remove carbon and make the MacBook that I've got right now is 100% recycled parts. So it's not just small brands doing this. So we are seeing obviously a lot of big brands out in the industry pushing a net zero because it is, you know, whether you like it or not, it's happening and you know, we all need to do our part, so to speak. So that that would be the biggest thing I, w- I would say is trending. In, in a product point of view, there's no major like movers in, in that space, but it's more seasonal. So again, uh, at time of recording, it's very cold here in the UK. So hoodies and sweatshirts are way up. Well, t-shirts are sort of evergreen, but then obviously the warmer months, t-shirts tend to outsell, obviously, hoodies quite often. And, and that can then obviously come down to how you position on your store is moving featured products around. You know, having seasonal seasonal favorites as like a, a collection on Shopify, for example. Again, just goes to show that you're doing things and you're adapting to the time of year. Okay. Let's talk about your solution and the platforms that you support. So you not only support Shopify, there's, there's others as well. Tell me a little bit about that. We've grown quite steadily to quite a large level over the past 10 years that, that Inkthreadable has been around when Alex and Amy first set up the business. And it's grown for two reasons, uh, really. One is just a really, really consistent, high quality of service. And then two, just word of mouth from happy customers, which when I've come in as head of BizDev, it's nice and easy, right? Because we've got lots of happy customers. So insofar as that, we're all about making things as easy as possible for customers. So we integrate with the major e-commerce platform. So Shopify, obviously the the big one. And then you have uh, WooCommerce, Wix, Squarespace, Big Cartel, and obviously Etsy, which is, again, such a, a very big marketplace platform. What we tend to see is Shopify is the overwhelming vast majority of our customer base. And not to, obviously, I know we're on a Shopify podcast. I don't want to talk too much about Shopify, but it's kind of for a reason, right? It's a really good 
platform. Then through the integration, the, the idea that we we have is ultimately store owners want to do one thing, which is have well, a few things: have fun, grow your brand, grow your business, and, and make money. So they don't want to be bogged down in operational admin of you know doing things. So through our integration, for example, with Shopify, we can offer personalized products, things such as names and dates, so customers can like a really easy upsell is like a some sort of feature on your on your Shopify site, an extra two pound have this product personalized with your name. Because our process is digital, there's no additional cost on our end. It's a, a print is a print, but you get a little bit extra margin out of your customer for a personalized product, which does have value. So with our marketplace in, um, integration, once the customer's checked out, the order then comes to us for us essentially to start production. So again, to cut down on, on admin time, customers can have a, a, have a, a standing balance with us. So once the order comes to us, we can draw down automatically from that balance. So you don't have to remember to log into our platform to pay for it. It can be done automatically by drawing down from your balance. Boom, we start production. It goes into print or embroidery. It's then QC'd, providing everything's A-OK. It then goes to dispatch. And then what we do is we then pass that information back to Shopify to say, hey, this order's now been fulfilled. And then it's back onto our customers to then have their probably automated email follow-up sequence done. And there's a really big reason for that is we feel it's really important for customers, in that case, the brand owners that we work with, to maintain that customer relationship. End users don't want to hear from some random person at Inkthreadable about their order. They want to hear from the brand that they purchased from. And that is, again, the idea being for us, we're automating as much of, of our end as possible so customers can do, again, brand owners can do one thing, which is grow, have fun, win new customers, and build strong relationships and loyal fan bases. Makes perfect sense. Very straightforward. I think the um, process shouldn't be too difficult and implementation as it is the Shopify app is also very straightforward. Before we come to the end of our coffee break today, is there anything that you want to share with our listeners that we haven't covered yet? Have a plan for success, which sounds a bit dramatic, but when you're getting set up with your store, you're always so focused on the here and now. What you need to do right now, da -da 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 -da. for me, before you even get started, or if you are started, just take a step back for a few hours and go, okay, well, if this does get the traction, because if you are going to put the energy in, success will come. Like consistency and persistence beats talent and going viral on TikTok every day of the week for me. So just have that have that idea on if you want to go somewhere, like where is that going to be? Because you don't then want to be two years down the line, you're doing designs and things that you're not passionate about because the brand kind of got away from you and you just ended up following trends. Think about this as a business. Again, if you want wants to be successful, there are a lot of people who have like lifestyle stores. Great. They're just nice and easy ticking along. But if you want this to be a business, treat it seriously like a business. Just because it's e-commerce, again, the amount of huge e-commerce brands, this is a serious real business. Act accordingly. Have some substance behind your decisions. Yeah, I can watch for that. If you have a vision and you know where to go, it's much, much easier because it's so easy to get lost in the, the thousand things that you have on the plate as a solopreneur, as an entrepreneur in the daily business and then really losing focus. And that's the worst thing that can happen to you. So where can people find out more about you guys? Our website. So it's inkthreadable.co.uk. So there will be some links, obviously, in the show notes. And they can also contact me directly, either via email or through my LinkedIn. So it's just matt.s at inkthreadable.co.uk. But my approach is, you have any questions around print on demand, if you even want to scope out, is print on demand a viable solution for you? I'm more than happy just to have a chat and give you some advice. My whole approach to dealing with customers is, I'm not interested in shoehorning you into our, into our processes. 
if it's right for you, I'll give you the honest answer. If it's not right for you, I know other people in the industry or other providers or other solutions for you, and I'll happily point you in the right direction. So the idea being, if you have any questions around print-on-demand at all, just get in touch. That's a great offer. I will put the links in the show notes, then you're not just one click away. Matt, thanks so much for the time today. I think direct-to-customer and print-on-demand is a good combination and gives anyone out there a chance to build a proper business. Thanks for your time today. Cheers, thank you. Hey, Klaus here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the e-commerce Coffee Break podcast. Before you go, I'd like to ask two things from you. First, please help me with the algorithm so I can bring more impactful guests on the show. It will make it also easier for others to discover the podcast. Simply like, comment and subscribe in the app you're using to listen to the podcast and even better if you could leave a rating. Secondly, please take a moment to check out today's episode sponsors. They play a crucial role in keeping the show and our newsletter available to you for free. Thanks again and I catch you in the next episode. Have a good one. Before you leave, don't forget to visit the sponsor of today's episode. Have you heard about Partner Hero? They're experts in support on the e-commerce industry, known for their outstanding team-building skills. Their main pillars, quality, people, and culture makes them a great fit for your company. Learn more on partnerhero.com or click the link in the show notes. Loyalty Lion is a leading loyalty platform helping Shopify brands rocket returning customers with their own loyalty programs. With Loyalty Lion, it's quick and easy to create a program that uses points and rewards to engage shoppers, secure more second purchases and drive up lifetime value. Loyalty Lion has been increasing returning customer rates for thousands of Shopify stores for over 10 years. Visit loyaltylion.com to find out more. Find the link in the show notes.